When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Scorpios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. The Raiders signed, I kid you not, controversial guard Richie Incognito to a one-year deal. I believe at this point, they're just casting for hard knocks. That's all they're doing. They just want to be the best television show in the league. Colin Cowherd talking about Richie Incognito. I'm calling him former Viking Richie Incognito because he decided he was signed to the Vikings last year, even though they did not actually have interest in signing him or never came close to signing him. Hour number two of Purple Daily, Rami Maklov in Courtney Crone as well. Jonathan Harrison producing. We will take your calls at 651-646-8255. And before we discuss a little more about Richie Incognito and we get to our Hot Routes segment in a few minutes. I love Hot Routes. Yes. 43. Okay, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Let's go to Robin here on the show. What's up, Robin? Hi. I've been a Viking fan since Brand Tarkenton and I'm just an NFL fan forever. And if they were on strike for over a year and a half, I think it would be devastating because just like baseball, when they went on strike, it takes a long time to revive something like that. Um, that's the way I feel, and and it just takes away from something you know the fans love because, like you said, like millionaires and billionaires going at it. Well, the fans are the ones that make them money. Mm-hmm. And you take that away, and then the fans go somewhere else. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Robin. Thanks for the phone and, call. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I, I just wanted to say how much I love your show, except when you guys get a little too negative about the Vikings. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Uh, Thank you, Rob. I really really appreciate that. It's funny because when we tweeted out that we were going to another hour, the first tweet was to bash Kirk Cousins, (laughs) which is, I mean, I kind of like chuckle about like he went eight, seven to one last year and missed the playoffs and really was not anywhere close to their expectations. But, you know, I mean, that that's what happens when you go eight, seven and one when it's 13 and three, it's. Hey, look who everyone, everyone's great yeah. all the time. When things are good, like, we will come on and talk about how good things yeah, are. And when things aren't, it's so a long good. off season, too. But, like, um, it's really long. It really is. But also, uh, Robin, you're awesome for listening. So very much appreciate that. Rami, do yes. you think that football fans would do what baseball fans did if Demora Smith is right and they have to prepare for a lockout of a year or more in the NFL? Would fans just be like, oh, it's back and we're back and it's the same as it ever was? 
or would it have a long-term effect? I don't on think football? It, I don't think it would have the long-term effect or the immediate impact that that baseball did. We saw a an like I said an immediate impact in baseball's ratings when they came back from the strike, but football is so popular that I I don't think that they're as susceptible to that as Major League Baseball was at the time. I will say this. I've I've predicted that the NBA will be the number one sport in the country within the next a lot of people think that stuff happens overnight, but if you look at like the demise of boxing, how long that took to be knocked off the throne as king, baseball, and how long it took for baseball so to you be think knocked off the come throne down? as king. Yeah, I think it will come down, but not for a good 30 years. Now, a strike might accelerate that process a little bit, but I think that they'd come back right back into that number one slot as far as American sports goes, don't well, you? I'm wondering what it's going to take for them to get completely like knocked down a few notches. If the strike doesn't do it, if a lockout doesn't do it in its own right... Concussions. I mean, what other issues off the field stuff? I mean, and, that, and that really hasn't. You no, know, like we've had those discussions no, for years now. But like, what what would it take? I to- think I think that when you talk about the effect that concussions has on the game, that's that's a slower process than than mm-hmm. the immediate reaction to a strike. Because again, I'll refer to boxing. We we started to see what boxing does to to people and their brains, and so less people started boxing. Less people started stop started letting their kids get into boxing. So you saw. Athletes going elsewhere, going into the NFL, and and the product getting better in the NFL because they weren't playing other sports. And I think now you're seeing parents, not in huge numbers, not in mass, but you are seeing parents who, my brother won't let his son play football. My brother is the biggest football fan you'll ever run across. Instead, he's playing baseball. Instead, he's playing basketball because he has the size to do that. And I think that you're going to see more and more of the upper echelon athletes go and play other sports, and so the product itself will suffer, and then you'll start to see a slow decline in the numbers. I think the effect that concussions are going to have on the sport will be a slow, not death, but it'll be a slow uh, slow burn when in, in terms of seeing the effects of that. Yeah, because foot, uh, boxing, a major part of it is not that people would get hurt boxing, it's that the management became a huge disaster right. in boxing, and they couldn't figure out even who was the heavyweight champion of the world, right? And when you have such a disaster with management, and that and that's what they risk with this, if this lockout, if it ends up happening in 2020, and we're talking about years of no football, then yeah, that would be a huge demise. I just can't see that possibly happening, though. But to your point, Rami, I think it really is interesting how even the demographics of where football players are coming from is changing to some extent. I think that some regions are so football, no matter what, no matter what comes out with concussions and research and everything else, that they're going to continue to to play Texas and the South, things like that, where you might see other regions that baseball or that uh, you see more baseball players come from those areas or you see more soccer players with the rise of MLS. And now that can become a goal for an American soccer players to play for major league soccer that fills a stadium like we have right down the street from here. That will be an interesting change for me. I don't know if the viewers are ever going to care enough about how much people get hurt doing it. And I think part of the evidence of that is just in the rise of MMA. Like Mm -hmm. people don't seem to be ultimately very concerned if the participants are getting harmed. 
violence as entertainment is not a new thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Roman Coliseum was a thing because of like people wanted to go and see people fight to the death and and lions. Try, you know what I'm mean? like? That's it's human nature, and I I'm one to flat out admit to you when it comes to MMA, when it comes to football, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't want these guys to have brain damage later on in their lives. Now that though we know the the dangers that these guys are in. If everybody participating is a willing and able participant and are willing to put their safety, health, well-being on the line to entertain me, I'll watch. You know what I mean? I'm not above it and I'm not above admitting that I like the violence of it. That's the, that's what got that's that's what made the sport popular. So I think where this has changed is all the participants now fully understand exactly. what they're getting themselves into in the 90s. They didn't right. as the doctors were lying to them and they were being thrown right back out. Uh, onto the field after suffering concussions. So we've done much, much better in this game, though it is not perfect. I don't think regionally, though, it's going to change. You don't think so? No, because I think the South and the impact and emphasis that's put on college football down there is, that's that's it. Like, I mean, the NFL, sure, is the goal for players, but for most of those fan bases, teams that, you know, states that don't have professional teams, think, think about Mississippi, Alabama, um, I mean, those are places that, College football is king for a reason. Um, West Virginia, Virginia, like those are still Southern states. Um, South Carolina doesn't have a professional team. So, I mean, there's, I think it's always going to remain big in the areas where college football is already kind of king. Mm-hmm. And this would probably end up sparking it even more. I also think, too, that regions, and I don't just mean like major regions calling it the South, um, but regions where you don't have a lot of wealth will look to, Hey, maybe you could get a division one scholarship with football, even if it puts you in risk at risk. I think that will always be a thing rather than saying, ah, eh, well, you know, you, you might be in harm's way. So we should pull you out and have you play soccer and not be as good at it. It's going to be a, an answer for families who are struggling, no matter um, where that is. So even people who struggle financially, I think will still look to football as a way to get division one scholarships and pay for college and things like that, no matter where we're at. But what's interesting to me is even you could talk about the difference between positions. Remember Josh Rosen got uh, a lot of criticism for being a rich kid, which yeah. First quarterback to ever come from a rich family. Right. (laughs) But, but, but that's kind of interesting, right? Is that, you're going to have, I think, a lot of quarterbacks still coming, like not backing away from football, still coming from families who are like, no, you're a quarterback, so you're not getting hit as much as the other positions. They play till 40 years old. They don't have as many long-term issues where a lot of other positions, you have to kind of take that risk of playing football. Yeah. The quarterback position is is protected. You look around the rest of the football field, though, and they're trying to do things to make the game safer and to market the fact that they're making the game safer to make parents feel better about sending their kid out onto the practice field. But we're still seeing participation numbers drop. And I I think eventually you'll see the impact that that has on the sport. You guys want to talk about Richie Incognito for a minute? Of course. Sure do. I've been waiting Um, waiting all day since I saw the tweet that he was joining on a one-year prove-it deal. Isn't every year a prove-it deal for Richie Incognito? Yes, it is. Um, Courtney... In terms of ranking your favorite days covering the Minnesota Vikings, where does it rank when Richie Incognito? Where does the Richie Incognito yeah. era rank? <laughs> the Richie in Incognito time era covering the Vikings as a Minnesota Viking in his brain 
and Mike Zimmer coming out and saying, tweet that, that uh, we have not reached out to Richie Incognito. And then an hour later, Richie, like as they were going out onto the practice field, uh, Richie Incognito responded by calling him an effing liar. <laughs> um, probably one of the weirdest days OTAs, of training. man. That's training camp. Was it camp? That was training camp. Oh, I thought that it was, was still an OTA. That was in camp. early August. And I remember Zim and the tweet that, and that became a thing, and he loves to say it now. So I guess maybe he should give Richie Incognito some royalties for that because <laughs> of the t shirt he sold. Um, it was weird. It was weird. And this whole thing, it was a few weeks ago that it was reported that he was out in Alameda, you know, working out with the Raiders. And then weeks go by crickets and then today find out that he's going to sign a one-year deal do you ever think about what the vikings offensive line and locker room could have been like if that had happened last year yes and it it drives me nuts because i saw some stuff about it today like oh the raiders are going to have such a nasty edge now on the offensive line i'm like Back up. Do you not know who their left guard was last year colecio samily was one of the meanest human beings on the field period that I've ever covered nice guy off of it, but just an a-hole on the field, like not a nice dude. And I think you say a-hole, Jonathan, you know, the FCC rules. Is that okay? Uh, I think so. I think that. I mean, okay. I thought that might be. I thought that might be risky. I I abbreviated it. Um, Okay. So one check. (laughs) I mean, I think we're too far deep right now. But regardless, that drove me nuts when I heard that today. I'm like, do you guys not realize who they used to have on this offensive line? And then comes in the argument of mental health and some of the things that he had a lot of issues with, and you empathize with that, but you also wonder, okay, what are we, what are we doing here in the NFL where there are guys who kneel and can't get jobs, mm-hmm. but then there's people like Richie Incognito who have had a ton of off field incidences of threatening to shoot people at a funeral home and throwing. Yeah, wasn't that just like a few that weeks was, ago? No, like that, early, was, that was a while ago. It was a couple months okay. ago. But then before that, the kettleball incident at the gym. But he threw the kettleball at the person, like working so, out. I mean, he's he's clearly has some issues that he's working through. And yes, a structured environment with work is probably the best thing for that. But I just don't want to hear the whole argument of, oh, he's gonna bring him such a nasty edge. They need that offensive lineman, like need that. Like they already had it. Like, do your research. So Shalice Manza Young of Yahoo tweeted out a bunch of old Richie Incognito incidents. I mean, some were recent, but he even going back a little farther harassed a golf volunteer at a, um, you know, some sort of tournament. Mm -hmm. And then he had the issue with throwing a dumbbell at some person at a gym and then claiming that he was being watched. He was kicked out of Nebraska in college. He was voted the dirtiest player in the NFL early in his career. But here's the thing about Richie incognito when he plays, he's really good. He was making Pro Bowls, and I could tell you in Buffalo, even from talking to him myself about it, he was in a really good spot there, and he had players who I think were good for him to be around that he got to be friends with and made Pro Bowls and was a was a home run signing by the Bills when nobody else would touch Richie Incognito. So I can't help thinking about the risk that the Raiders are taking is a really big one. But the Vikings also had an abysmal offensive line last year with Tom Compton starting at left guard. Is it worth a half a win what Richie Incognito would have given them if it would have worked out? This I, was, I don't oh, sorry, so. go ahead. Go no, ahead. I mean, I just think the turmoil that that team went through from three days before players reported or two days, whatever it was, last July, like it was a disaster last year. All the off-field stuff. I just don't think that you needed another, I'm going to hate to use this word, but potential distraction. 
Like you, you already had incidences with with players in the locker room um, having mental health issues with Everson Griffin, and I think that that was really tough for the guys to stomach that as that's going on to one of their teammates, one of their brothers. Like, I do, I'm not saying that you can't give people second or even third or fourth chances. I'm really not, but I just think that with Richie Incognito and the way how smug he kind of came across on that like TMZ interview, like little bit like buying into yourself a little bit too much. Like, oh yeah, I'm ready to play right now. Blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. But it's just a risk teams don't want to take. You can't fault them for it. Yeah. And how many chances does a guy get? Like I'm as sympathetic as anybody to, to the problems that he has. And like Courtney said, a structured work environment is probably the best thing for a guy who has the problems that Richie incognito has, but how many chances does he get? And are, and we're still really close to a disturbing episode with this guy. Like, is he even is he even well enough to be part of a structured work environment? Are the guy are the other guys in that locker room safe? He was threatening to shoot people in a funeral home just yeah. a couple months ago. And we didn't even mention the bullying incident in right. Miami. Yeah. I mean, that was a big deal. I, I know mean, that there's like some things that came out about like the offensive line coach and just the other stuff and Jonathan Martin himself clearly having some serious demons to work through, but I mean, how that hasn't come up within, I'm looking at uh, the Twitter account you were mentioning. Um, I'm not seeing anything about that, so. Yeah, I mean, that just tells you how many incidences there has been. Is the fact that that's not even the first thing that comes up because it's not even close to the most recent incident with Richie Incognito. I'm not saying the Vikings should have been like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, Richie. Come on by and play left guard. I just think about, all the different potential outcomes with that, that maybe he makes the Pro Bowl and maybe they're in the playoffs because they have a left guard who can slow down defensive tackles. Or maybe it ignites the locker room and it implodes and they end up 4-12 and or something last year because everything's a complete disaster. I think there's something to be said about the way that this... Uh Raiders locker room is being constructed and what Colin Coward. It's going to test every culture commentary of all time. Well, yeah. When we played the sound coming out of the break with what Colin Coward had said on his show that they must be really vying for hard knocks. Um, The personalities you have in there. And I know people get like irritated. They're like, well, if they can play football, who cares? You got Antonio Brown, who has had diva like tendencies his entire career. Same. And all of the things that happened last year in (laughs) Pittsburgh and just the chirping like a child back and forth on Twitter this year. um, Just that's in its own right. Vontaze Perfect is not a nice dude. Like, not a nice guy. He's mm-hmm. been fined a lot for doing stupid and dirty things on the field. I can't believe he's still in the league. And he's in that locker room. In that locker room, I mean, you add this guy in there, too. I mean, like, truth be told, it's a very small locker room. I used to cover that team. Like, the practice locker room is very tiny. It's not like this luxurious thing where you can be. You like, they don't have great facilities in Oakland? Nope. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure they will with the Raiders. Wow. But I'm just saying, it's guys in really, really, really close quarters. Yeah. And maybe that's not a good thing when you have all of these dominating personalities in there. I just don't know. I definitely want them for hard knocks, for sure. I'm, I'm not even going to try to... Oh, they would be the most entertaining. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to be unique or go against the grain. Like, give me the Oakland Raiders. I, well, I, I do the Browns, too. The, I was just going to say, I mean, the Browns but can you the not, can, Isn't yeah, there a rule? Can, can you not do it back-to-back years? Yeah, I don't think you can do it back-to-back. And they have a new coach, so you can't do it with a new coach, right? I have but no idea Freddy what the rules Kitchens? are. Yeah, I think that that's one of the rules is there's only like five or six teams that truly eligible for it. Yeah, it's not necessarily the rules, but it's like you could turn it down if you are this, 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 this or this. So 
Um, let's do hot routes when we come back. Mm. I've got five questions for you too. I'm studying my playbook. Some are pertaining to your life, and if you don't get orange forty three black jet sweep right, correct, Rami, this time, mm-hmm. then you can get out. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll do that when we come back. We will go around the league with our hot routes when we return. You are listening to Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580! 397! All right, it is time. We are going to do this every single day now here on Purple Daily, our new time slot from 2 to 4. Courtney Crone of ESPN in Rami Maklov as well. And if we could crank up some more NFL music, Jonathan, during this, it really needs full blast NFL music in your face. I love Manny did routes. Manny did that promo, right? Yes. That was great. We need to put the NFL You recognize this voice, yes, right? Yes, because we him. we need to put the uh, NFL films voice to use more often. Yes. Yeah, we really do. So, if you haven't heard the Hot Routes segment before, we go around the room. Jonathan, you want in on this? Sure. You're busy? You cutting up anything over there? So, no, we're good. Okay, all right. All right. Good. Good. Just making sure. I know you got traffic updates to do. Yeah. Do you randomly hand out points in hot uh, routes like Jonathan does for cram I, session? I can, but no, okay. I'm not going to. All right. So hot routes. We go around the room with five questions, and you guys give me answers. All right. John Gruden said Antonio Brown's energy is contagious. Now, anytime I hear the word contagious, I think of hard knocks. It's contagious, bro. I think uh, I think of like diseases. Like no, the flu. I, I think well, it, yeah, that's my first. I thought think too. of Jarvis Landry going off in a room saying everything is contagious, bruh. So anyway, oh, that was great. Antonio Brown's energy contagious. What is more likely, Courtney, Rami, and Jonathan? Antonio Brown leads the NFL in receiving or tears the Oakland Raiders locker room apart, and they go six and ten. I don't really have a lot of confidence in Derek Carr right now. So I'm gonna. I just think that that's what's going to hold him up, and I'll go with the other one. So he's gonna rip the locker room apart. Sure, why more not? More likely than leading the NFL in receiving. Yeah, I'm an Antonio Brown believer, and not a believer in a lot of the things that were said about Antonio Brown on his way out of the Steelers organization. I okay. think the the distraction narrative, the cancer in the in the locker room narrative, are very very overplayed, especially when it comes to diva wide receivers. I don't think guys in that locker room look at him the way that many in the media do. I think he'll be just fine in that locker room. I'm with Courtney in that I don't know what that's Derek... The, that's the only reason that Derek, I'm picking that. I, I just don't, don't think Derek Carr is going to be able to... I mean, heck, there was rumors about them drafting a quarterback. Didn't obviously pan out. And the fact that Derek Carr is going to defend himself during press conferences, being like, yep, still here. Not a good sign for Antonio Brown and the guy that's going to be throwing the ball to him. Although yep. it probably wouldn't be on a hot route. Wouldn't that be to a running back? I don't know if he's going to check semantics. Down. I don't know if he's going to light the world on fire production wise, but I also don't think he sets the locker room on fire either. Jonathan, I'm kind of the same way. I don't think that with his QB he can lead the league in receiving, so I'm more inclined to believe that he'll rip the locker room apart just because they don't have really a leader inside that locker room that I can think of. I don't think that they have other good wide receivers to the point where they're going to throw to anybody else, and I also think that Part of the deal, if I'm Antonio Brown and I'm going there, you are giving me the football. So I think there's a better chance that he leads the league in receiving. Even if Derek Carr doesn't have a great season, he's still going to throw to A.B. a lot. Well, Plus, he's like their only receiver, too. But I would say this. 
I don't think Ben Roethlisberger's been that good the last few years, and he's still thrown for like 5,000 yards because he's heaving it up to Antonio Brown in part. So I'm on Antonio Brown's side, but if the entire thing combusts, oh well, then we can all just watch it burn. It'll be fun. Our second hot route. Sports Illustrated did an all-small team in which uh, they named the best NFL players who were undersized at each position. Who is the best undersized player of your lifetime? And if you guys want to go another sport outside of football, you can. But mine is a football one. I will tell it to you first. Antoine Winfield reinvented the slot corner position. He was like five foot eight, one of the best pound for pound tacklers in the history of the NFL. I was a big fan of Antoine Winfield. Can I go next? Sure can. Absolutely. Mugley Bogues gets the most credit. No, okay, I'm not, that's I'm fair. Not, that's I'm fair. not going to steal it. He, he gets the most credit as the short basketball player. 5'3". And he was the shortest basketball player ever. So Don't choose my other guy. If you're going to... Okay, go to ahead. To even make it there is amazing. But what Spud Webb did in the slam dunk contest... Yes. Like, just to watch the amount of space between Spud Webb's feet and the ground when he was going up and doing the things that he was doing and competing with Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan, of all people, <laughs> in a slam dunk contest and holding his own. That's just amazing. That's insane. If you have a 40-inch vertical, that's unbelievable. Right. Like, he must have been more than that he to be able five, to dunk. He was 5'8", I think. Yeah, 5'7 or 5'8". And throwing down. It's amazing. I can't disagree. Mine's NBA, too. Nate Robinson. He was fun. Yeah, and another going, dunk going contest. Up guy. and down the yeah. court, five yeah. nine. He's basically my height. Like I loved watching him playing with the Bulls. It was fun. More well known for the Knicks. For the Knicks, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. I think he did play for the Bulls at one point. He kind of bounced for, around for like from like twenty twelve to thirteen. But that was that was a long time ago. But I'm, yeah, he was known for he was known for his career at the Knicks. He was there from like for like five years. But I'm watching a YouTube video right now of Spud Webb dunking at age forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> at age forty seven. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the first-round pick, too. I mean, that's, I think, the interesting thing. He was 21st overall. He He's insane. just a freak of nature yeah. to be able to dunk like that. That vertical, too. I mean... I'm trying to find what his I mean, vertical was It right must now. be like 45 inches. Because... 46. Guys, yeah, guys, 46 in, the, guys in the NFL, usually if you're over 40, you are unbelievable. And basketball players, if you're in the 42-plus range, you are elite. I think Derrick Rose had something like a 44, 45 when he came out, but 46 inch vertical. Like the pictures, I'm looking makes at no them sense. Now, and they're just comical. Yeah. Like watching him go up, and the, like I said, the amount of space between his feet and the ground, it's you think it's photoshopped. Jonathan, is this some soccer player? It is, but it's oh. the greatest <laughs> soccer player of all time in Lionel Messi. I mean, the dude's 5'7", scores, has scored 600 goals in 14 years. That's about 42 a year. Is 5'7 super short in soccer? Uh, for the. Against the position he's going against, then defenders, when they're usually 6'3", 6'4", yeah. And he doesn't get thrown off balance by these guys. Like, his balance is remarkable. Okay, so I wasn't sure if it made a huge difference how tall you were in sock. He's not going to get a whole lot of headers, but, I mean, that doesn't really matter for him because he's able to just dribble around everybody and score. He's the most well-rounded soccer player in history. I went down a, a wormhole with this Spud Web, Spud Web search that I started doing on Google, and now there's an advertisement on my screen that says, gain 10 inches in 12 weeks or double your money back. Uh, is that about a vertical or <laughs> a vertical jump, you mean? Because that would, that would mean that you had a 10-inch vertical I, jump if you could I knew increase I was, it by I 10 I knew inches. I was setting you up. Thank you very much. <laughs>
right. Pleasure to be the straight man. Here. Our, our next hot route. Plenty of options on uh, undersized players. Uh, maybe Chad Beebe will make our list at some point. Um, Lamar Jackson, our next hot route, said he was not aware that the Baltimore Ravens were going to implement a new off se- uh, offense this offseason. Are you guys worried about Lamar Jackson? No. I'm not. I think he comes across as aloof sometimes in some of his press conferences. It just, I think that's media training. Like, I mean, it was funny. Last week, he was asked to assess his OTA's performance. He's like, well, yeah, well, day one, I sucked. And uh, they kept going on and on. I was like, okay, Lamar, you might want to reel that in. I'm sure the PR people are kind of cringing on that. I think he's an incredibly intelligent, cerebral player. Um, maybe he meant that in a different way. I'm going to hope he meant that in a different way because usually these things are communicated and usually if you get your iPad, you say, oh, this doesn't look familiar from last year. Well, I see um, different hot routes here. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, I, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I don't worry about whether or not he'll be prepared. I, I agree with Courtney. I think he is a very smart and cerebral quarterback. I worry about his style of play, though. I mean, how many... I think Robert Griffin is probably the last one. Guys who we see with that style of play who rely so much on their feet and run around so much, and you just, you're just you susceptible to big hits and injuries when that's your style at the quarterback position. That's what I worry about with Lamar Jackson more than anything. Jonathan? I'm not really concerned. He seems like a kid who can handle a whole lot of change. I mean, he he played wide receiver some, and he had a different <laughs> yeah. he had a bit of a different playbook than the rest of the team, but he still had to learn the normal playbook last year. It's, I'm a little concerned about a young quarterback having to learn different systems every year, as that hasn't really worked out for quarterbacks that have had to do it, but he seems like a kid who can handle it. They adapted really quickly on the fly yeah. with him, too, once they decided to go him uh, with him as their starting quarterback. Now, I have been... Um, one of the presidents, I guess, of the Lamar Jackson fan club because I thought he dropped way too far in the draft for what he did in college. And being a runner at this position is now a major positive, and you see a lot of guys who could do it. Where I am a little bit concerned, if you're looking for a like worst-case scenario, you look at two guys who just never figured out how to throw the football, Vince Young and Tim Tebow, that they were running quarterbacks, and they could never correct their throwing motion enough and their footwork enough at the NFL level to be good throwing quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson's going to have to get better at throwing the football. I'm not worried about him learning an offense. He had a pro-style offense at Louisville, and he adjusted quickly in the he NFL. like ex-Louisville quarterback. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is, ex-Louisville. Me and Bobby Petrino. I mean, <laughs> Petrino's a great guy, I'm sure. Actually, no, it was... Um, who was it for Teddy? It wasn't Petrino. It's Teddy. With Their Teddy. head coach, yeah, uh, was, Charlie uh, Strong. Yeah, that's right. So, and no one likes Bobby Petrino anyway, yeah, especially Mike Zimmer. Next hot route. Are you are you aware of the Mike Zimmer quote on Bobby Petrino? I don't think I no, am. It's no, good. go look it up. Google it right now. <laughs> that might give you more uh, intrigue than whatever hole. like male yeah. supplement pill you were looking at. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, uh, and listen while you type, Rami. Yeah, all right. Chuck Pagano said Eddie Jackson reminds him of Ed Reed. I would like everyone in the room to come up with the most preposterous comparison of yourself to an NFL legend because comparing Eddie Jackson to Ed Reed is preposterous. I know he's good. I know he's good. Ed Reed is the greatest ever to do that thing that they're asking Eddie Jackson to do. Compare myself to an NFL player ridiculously so? Yes. All right. Make a stretch to somehow compare yourself to an NFL legend. You are like whoever because of blank. Oof. You want to go? I'm yeah, ready. Think about go ahead. This one. I'm, I'm Vince Wilfork. <laughs> because? 
Because I uh, <laughs> I think that, I mean, he was one of my favorite players to watch growing up. Him and Warren Sapp, too. I mean, if you're just talking big dudes, because I would, you know, I love okay. defensive line play, sure. Um, That's preposterous made, compared made, to made you, but yes. Made a ton of Pro Bowls, won two championships uh, as a you know, Super Bowl champion. And he came from a really, really, really rough upbringing in the sense, like, both his parents were... Still not seeing any no. comparison to you here? <laughs> uh, I just... I, Person whose high school had a radio station? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. Just leave me alone. I, I just I'll want, help you. I'll help you. Who, who's my You're, comparison? You have a sense of humor like Vince Wilfork. I got a good one. A, jo- a jolly disposition. He, okay, he's jolly and everything, but he also flattened people, which I thought was really, really You're awesome. You're supposed to compare yourself to him, not just say a player you like. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I'm adjusting the strategy of this game. And, I mean, I think I could do some of the things that he did. I just do. Flatten people? Yep. Yep. Mentally. Uh, yeah, definitely that. Okay, preposterous comparison to yourself. I thought Love of me. one. All right. Do, do I like to ask myself questions? <laughs> yes. yes. Do I Maybe. Have a, do I have a rocket for an arm? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> did I come from Wisconsin to Minnesota? Yes. <laughs> Am I the next Brett Favre? Probably. You know. You know what I would give you to? You could make a Daniil Hunter Rami comparison. I'll <laughs> tell you why. That? Wingspan. Wingspan. You have a freakishly weird wingspan. You have an insanely long arm. you're watching at home, you're like five ten, and your wingspan six four. I'm five eight, and my yeah, my wingspan is over six feet. I told you, all makes my, no sense. All my bodily proportions are that of somebody who's six feet, except for my tiny, tiny legs. They that's, did not get the message. I was about to say. I mean, is the comparison there that he's quiet because that's definitely not coming across? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel will say three words, and it will it will it will Im- impact you but i mean <laughs> i say a lot of words with no impact whatsoever <laughs> that says we are not alike all right jonathan what is your preposterous nfl comparison i tried as hard as i could to figure out one and i just didn't until now and it's again a stretch kurt warner the dude's just a grinder he i'm not saying i'm as much of a grinder as he did he worked a bunch of odd jobs and i've done you, that you before. did work odd jobs yes so that's about as close as I could come. I think that's, that's good. Jobs. You live in Iowa. Yes, he I once, live in, he once <laughs> lived in Iowa, so it all adds up. I think it's a good yeah. comparison. Okay, I will give you mine. Josh McCown. Because you look like him? <laughs> no, because, well, not really. I don't have the square jaw. That square jaw, I, but you're blonde and, and fair-skinned. Way like... too much pizza and wings in this body to have that square of a jaw. But here's why I'm like Josh McCown, and I will qualify him as an NFL legend, okay? (laughs) I agree. Josh McCown is well-known in NFL circles as being the best basketball-playing football player. So there was a video that was put out, he's like 41 years old, of him playing pickup ball and dunking and like doing all sorts of dunks and stuff. Yes, on Joe Thomas's podcast, they were talking about him and Andrew Hawkins. They were talking about the best basketball players they've ever played with in NFL locker rooms. They both said McCown is unbelievable. I heard Jay Cutler can ball. Wasn't Cutler, he like all state in Indiana in high school? And AJ Green probably could have played in the NBA. I think. Really? Yeah, is what they were saying. So, Jay Cutler's another guy he, though who you look at him and you go, he didn't know. Right? He, yeah. It doesn't add up. And uh, I do not have McCown's athleticism, of course, but I do have the J from deep. Okay. So I am just like Josh McCown. Last one. Last one. Jason Witten said that he has not lost a step from the last time that he played. Now, I could ask you guys to just lie intentionally, but uh, let me just ask you this. Which will be better, Jason Witten on the field 2019 or Jason Witten in the booth 2018? Look, it is hard to be an analyst. It's hard to go from 
like it's just not natural for a lot of guys. I think this is the time of year too where I'll watch NFL Live and see guys who are kind of getting like their tryouts now. Mm-hmm. Like this is a good time. It's it's kind of a dead period of the off season. Victor Cruz wasn't like just amazing when he got on there. So I mean, it took him some time. I wonder if Jason Witten would have stayed in the booth had he gotten better. Um, I mean. I know what you're going to say. Tony Romo is just a godsend and could do no wrong in your eyes in the booth. But I think for most guys, it takes time. My my thing here is, what are we putting the over-under at number of games he plays this year before he retires again? Eight? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, so I th- so I th- you're th- saying I th- that his comeback will go worse yes. than his time in the booth? Yes. I can't see it going worse, though. His time in the booth was so, <laughs> so awful. Even if he just stopped playing. Yeah, that's like, still that better. Be better. <laughs> because that's what he should have done with his announcer's career. You know, why did that go so badly? I mean, like even I if don't, I don't think the crew. I just think that yeah. there was just it just chemistry. It just takes time. I don't know how much they vetted him. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the guy came straight off the field and into the one of the biggest spots in broad in football broadcasting. Like who who does that? Did Jason Witten ever strike you as a type of personality who could do that? Who you could pull right off the field no. and put in that big a chair? No, you never got that when he was a player. Like, he must have just crushed an audition yeah. or an interview somewhere along the way, and they didn't really vet how good this guy would be week in and week out or, or try and figure that like out. Or could have been like their like third or fourth to fifth choice. And they're never going to say it publicly. They're never going to be like, yeah, we really screwed that up. <laughs> and that was, whoops, we didn't know he was going to be this bad. But I, I do agree with you, Courtney, that I, I almost got tired of how bad is Jason Wooden on Monday Night Football? Like, I know it's not going very well, but. He's only been doing it for a short period of time. When Shaq got put on the TNT show mm-hmm. at first, it was not good. He like wouldn't talk. Right? He'd be like, so what do you think, Shaq? Like, I don't know. Uh, and now it's we'll great. See what happens? Now I can't like, imagine that show without Shaq. Right? Exactly. And he's totally become comfortable <laughs> and really good at it. Reading these uh, Mike Zimmer quotes on Bobby Petrino. Oh yes, yeah. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what do you think, Jonathan? Which one will go worse? <laughs> Which one would go worse? I think the broadcasting thing would go worse for him. I he he was so bad last year. It's hard to imagine that a playing career could go or coming back to a playing career after a year off could go worse. He was just so stiff yeah. and also wrong about a lot of stuff. These these football players, I mean, they go over the film and they watch it and they watch it and they watch it and they watch it and they've got it. But when it happens live, it's a lot harder to be super accurate. And then you've got somebody coming in your ear and you've got to be talking to the producer to get the, you know, whatever clips you want to be shown on replay and things like that. It's, it's yeah, a really you tough work game. that yellow highlighter, the really digital one. Game. I mean, that's, yes. that's not a joke. That's tough. All right. This has been hot routes. We're going to do this every day when we go around the league. And I ask you folks, fun questions related to NFL headlines. We will come back. We'll wrap it up on what we're looking for. Week two OTAs. Doesn't get any more exciting than that, everyone. It is Purple Daily in our new time slot, two to four every day. If you want to catch any of the podcasts, go Score North Vikings, wherever you get your podcasts, and you will find it the Purple Daily Show. We'll be right back here on Score North. Thank you, Jonathan. Final segment here. Courtney Cronin, Rami Makhlov in studio, Matthew Collar. Every day, 2 to 4, talking football here on Purple Daily. If you want twins in your life, you can get our Score North Twins show. Just go to either scorenorth.com, download the app, or you can get it wherever you get podcasts. Say if you were really feeling some baseball instead of football, which disagree, but uh, you can always do that. Um, all right, friends. OTA week two. 
week one, we learned that Kyle Rudolph definitely was offered a five-year contract extension and definitely didn't take it and also feels like there are lots of teams around the league that are interested in Kyle Rudolph. That's what we learned from week one. Also, that Garrett Bradbury definitely playing center and Pat Upline definitely playing left guard. Aside from that, I don't know what else. Learned about Xavier Rhodes. What about him? A little bit. He he responded. It was the first time we had heard from him uh, since Mike Zimmer said the comments to Chad Graff and myself at owners meetings. Did you get anything out of his comments, though? I kind of did. I think he I think he kind of agreed with it to a little bit. I mean, he's not going to say anything like, yeah, Zimmer's a liar. He's never going to come out publicly and say that he might, you know, passively, aggressively do other things. But like like tweets uh, that kind of went with that. I thought I watched that video because I was talking to Pat Elfline while Xavier yeah. Rhodes was talking. So I watched it back on video and I thought his body language said very much. I don't want to talk about this. And I don't think Xavier liked it at all. No, I don't think he liked it at all, but lean into the controversy. I mean, the way that they made him available that day, I think is pretty telling. I mean, it's a very short interview, just that, you know, injuries weren't the only thing. That's my takeaway. Injuries yeah. were not the only thing. He got away from his technique because he was overthinking things. And, um, you know, over anticipating. And I mean, he's not going to say much more. He's not going to go call out his coach, but to take ownership like that, you know, if he really didn't think it, he could have just said, no, I was injured. But the fact that he alluded to, yeah, trying to play through, I think he said multiple, multiple injuries, injuries. In which he did have. So that, that sounded very much to me like, yeah, all right. I mean, Zimmer's got a little bit of a point, but I mean, you know, like I was dealing with injuries and, and I, I think that he was defensive about it and that maybe Zimmer made a mistake by calling him out at the owners meetings because players do not forget this stuff easily when they get embarrassed like that in public. And we've talked about how coaches a lot of times have to change their approach. I'm not sure this ever would have gone over great, but it especially doesn't with someone with a really big contract who's making a lot of money in a league where players feel like they want more power. Well, I can't blame him for Mike Zimmer for what he said. I really, if you really I can't truly blame Xavier Rhodes for being upset, I can't either. But I mean, you have a big contract play up to it. Yeah, I said when when I saw those quotes from Zimmer, they raised my eyebrows because having worked with a couple of former NFLers myself, I know that one of the unwritten cardinal sins of of an NFL locker room is don't talk about my money. Whether you're a teammate, mm-hmm. whether you're a coach, yep. do not talk about. If you want to talk about my performance. Okay, there's some parameters within you where you can do that, and it's still okay with a player. But once you bring up that paycheck yeah. and whether or not he's worth that dollar amount that's on his check, that ruffles feathers. And this is something that Mike Zimmer doesn't typically do. Like right. we talk about Kirk Cousins all off season at the combine. Kirk's contract wasn't mentioned whatsoever. It was just the fact that four thousand passing yards, thirty touchdowns, and ten interceptions are great fantasy numbers. If they don't get you to the playoffs and win playoff games, they mean nothing. Eighty four million dollars was not said once in there. But but I think that there is a sensitivity from some guys to this because of what happened in two thousand sixteen. We go back to the Anthony Barr thing all the time, but that to me wasn't even the worst thing that Zimmer said in 2016 he slammed Sharif Floyd a couple times sure. when Sharif Floyd was only out because of a mistake by a doctor during a surgery that ultimately ended the guy's career and I think the players went hey man well come on I mean this is not just someone underperforming this is somebody who can't get back on the field because 
a doctor made a mistake in a surgery. He didn't do anything to deserve the side swipes that he got. And then you get another one here from Xavier Rhodes when Zimmer easily could have said, hey, look, we expect a better year from from Xavier this year, and we're going to work with him as much as possible. But when you, it's like... Well, he, he saw a window there because the question that Chad asked him, because I was asking him about rookie corners, and then we went into cornerback depth. And the question about that was, well, how do you feel about your depth? Because we were talking, not rookies, like, you know, Mike Hughes and um, Holton Hill. And is how do you feel about your cornerback depth? And then it was, yeah, this is right. Trey's good. Xavier needs to play better. Like, that's what yeah. it launched into. You got, but you guys didn't even go up to him and say, hey, does Xavier need to play better? He just offered that. Yeah, and, and that's, that's my thing, which was, it seemed a little weird. If you're Xavier Rhodes, I think that you are rightfully upset. And you're probably going to be a little bit on edge when it comes to this going into this season because you think that you're going to be the one who gets the blame if the defense isn't perfect. Uh, Rami, what do you want us to find out tomorrow for you when we go out to OTAs at 9 in the morning, early OTAs tomorrow? How how can I word this? How installed is Gary Kubiak's offense, or how much are they getting into the installation of Gary Kubiak's offense at this stage in the game? So this is interesting. They sent out the email that says who's talking tomorrow, and it says coordinators. So does that mean only Kevin Stefanski? Do we get Kubiak and Stefanski at the, uh, I, you know? I think they're going to the try podium? to mitigate as much Gary Kubiak as they can I just to so make too. it seem like, you know, even if it's not. But truly, this is Kevin's offense. Kevin's running the show, and and I think they're going to try to be like Gary Kubiak as an, on an as-needed basis. Gary Kubiak? <laughs> oh, like when you. you ask for him to um, say that? Uh, okay, well, anyway, this, this has been a fun show, and thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Rami. My pleasure. I wanted to end the show, though, with a little tribute to Bart Starr. And I ran across this video on Twitter of Steve Sable talking about Bart Starr. Oh, I watched this. It's only a minute, but I couldn't say anything better. I don't think anyone of us could do a better tribute to Bart Starr than Steve Sable. So here is that to end the show. Thanks for listening to Purple Daily. Bart Starr was a model of efficiency. As a man, he was and still is a model of good behavior. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't swear. He leaves the vodka out of his screwdrivers, gets his hair cut regularly, and when he played with the Green Bay Packers, he often insisted that his teammates put their dirty towels in the laundry bin to make the team manager's job easier. Now, don't get the idea that Bart Starr was a wimp, because he wasn't. In tough pressure situations, he filled the soft spots with steel. He played in six championship games and won five. He once threw 294 consecutive passes without an interception, and that's a record that might never be broken. But perhaps the most significant fact about Bart Starr was that he had the ability to adjust, to work, and to grow, and most importantly, to eventually become what his quiet but driving ambition demanded, to be a champion. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.